0: Hi, welcome to our study of Song of Songs. We're going to finish off Chapter 5, the last half, and it's entitled, Sharing Christ. In the first half of Chapter 5, we saw the big mistake that she made, and that is she believed she had been saved to be served, to stay at home, go back to sleep, hoard her blessings. But Christ taught her the opposite. He encouraged her to have rich fellowship with other Christians. He called her to awaken to a solid prayer life, And he led her out to share her blessings, to make disciples. When she was out there, she was puzzled and confused. And then the daughters of Jerusalem said to her, What kind of beloved is your beloved, O most beautiful among women? What kind of beloved is your beloved that thus you adjure us? And I think it's at this point that she stops and has to think before she can respond to them. It's kind of like in 2 Peter 3.15, Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. And so she responds by saying, My beloved is dazzling and rudy, outstanding among 10,000. And as we go through this, I think what we need to see is, this is how I can make disciples. This is how I need to respond to other people. I need to share with them who I believe Jesus to be. I need to share with them what Jesus has done for me. And in Acts 4.12, there's there's salvation in no one else. There's there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Christ is outstanding among 10,000. His head is like gold, pure gold. Well, exactly, because the word of God is compared to being gold. And in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father. Full of grace and truth. Christ is pure gold. And that's the kind of attitude that we need to have. His locks are flowing. Black as a raven. And we know from chapter 1 verse 8 and 4 verse 1. His thoughts and intentions are in order. That's what you're... The, that's what your hair represents. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and f- verse 4, Jesus' thoughts and intentions, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Thoughts and intentions desires all men to come to the truth, to be saved and to come to the truth. His eyes are like doves beside streams of water, bathed in milk, reposed in their settings. Eyes of innocence. We saw that in chapter 1, verse 15. Washed in the word, bathed in milk, which means eyes of forgiveness. Repose in their settings, they will not change. He always has that look. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, I like what he says here. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Knowing all these people were there to condemn him if he would have said such, he goes ahead and says it. Why? Because his eyes are innocent. His eyes are full of compassion for others, ready to forgive. That's the kind of eyes our Savior has. Cheeks like a bed of balsam, banks of sweet-scented herbs. Come to me, all you who are weary, heavy, Weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's that aroma of, from the bed of balsam or the bed of spices that, you, that draws you to him. And it's that teaching that Christ offers to us that draws us to him. His lips are, his, his lips are lilies dripping with liquid myrrh. Christians are the voice of God in the world today. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. His hands are rods of gold set with barrel. Your hands are the things that represent what you do as a work, his works. And in Colossians 1:16. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Yes, his works are incredible. His hands are rods of gold. His abdomen is carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. Now, the word abdomen can also be translated as bowels. Your bowels are the center of your emotions. And his emotions are carved in ivory, which means he's in full control of those emotions. In Luke 23, 34, Jesus, from the cross, in the pain and agony that he's going through, still has three acts of compassion. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. And then to the thief on the cross, who was abusing him just earlier, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And then to his mother, there's your son. And to John, your mother. Pure compassion from the cross through everything that he was struggling with. His emotions totally in check. His legs, pillars of alabaster, set on pedestals of pure gold. Revelation 19.15, he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. He is fearless. He is not afraid to go anywhere. And this is kind of interesting because not only will God take care of the wicked at the end, But in Mark 14, 3, while he was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper and reclining at the table, I, I, I quote this why? Because Jesus, in his last night before the Passover, on the Wednesday night, he goes to the home of Simon the leper. He has absolutely no fear and he's just full of compassion. It doesn't matter where I go, he has great confidence in where he goes. His appearance is like Lebanon. Choices of cedars. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're not looking at Lebanon like that world of darkness. What she's describing him as like those big imp- impressive cedar trees. That's what she's comparing him to. His mouth is full of sweetness, and he is wholly desirable. Sweetness, the word of God. What does Peter say? Lord, to whom shall you go? How shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life. And as far as holy desirable, for God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you want eternal life, there's only one person that you need to go see and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is my beloved. This is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. She's brought it all together and she's described him as the one that she loves the most in in such terms that it's incomparable. Nobody can come close to what she has just described. And I like how she puts it, this is my friend. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. What are we to do while we wait for Christ's return? Well, we were taught, the first part of this chapter, imitate Christ by encouraging to get into a very rich fellowship. Awaken to a solid prayer life. And then share your blessings. Make disciples. How? By telling them about Jesus. Describe to them the terms of Jesus which you understand i like to share a chart with you. This chart has the ten parts of God that he mentions in uh, Song of Solomon. His head, his locks, his eyes. And I put the his there because each of those are identified that way. And then pure gold, black, and and so on. And then I put Jesus on the side because these are the the parts that compare because I believe what she is describing and I believe the, the, the groom himself obviously is our Christ. And we need to be able to use these words that Jesus is honorable, loving, appealing, inviting, our creator, disciplined with his emotions, fearless to go anywhere, majestic, and he's our advocate, holy, desirable. And then one more chart I'd like to share, and that is if you take Song of Solomon, what we just had there, now go to Daniel chapter 10, verse 4 to verse 9, there's a, there's a vision for Daniel of a person that is floating above the river and this is his description of it and then when you go to Revelation chapter 1 John describes the Christ and his vision of it of him and then when you draw the lines across the similarities are amazing Revelation chapter 1 to show that this is the description of Christ as far as John is com- concerned. So when you go to Daniel, you can say, well, yeah, I believe this is the Christ that Daniel is seeing. And when you come to Song of Solomon, I think that backs up Song of Solomon teaching that this is not about a uh, husband and wife relationship. This is not about the King Solomon. This is about our Lord and Savior. And when you draw those across, that gives you greater understanding that this is what we're talking about. Thank you for being here with us for chapter 5.